This is the Go Pack Podcast with your host, Jessica Curtis. Welcome to the latest episode of the Go Pack Podcast. It's a pleasure to be joined by our friend, Adam Geller, founder and CEO of National Research Incorporated, who's going to spend some time with us over the course of the next six weeks or so, talking about a poll that GOPAC fielded amongst only Republican voters. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. First off, tell me, how the heck did you get into this line of work and how long have you been doing it? Well, I've been doing it for a long time. I started working professionally in political polling and specifically Republican campaign polling in 1994. Four, right out of graduate school, I was a political science guy. I was, you know, I, I liked math, I liked stats, I liked analysis, but I loved politics. And so polling to me was really um, just an ideal landing spot. I've been at it for a while and it's gone through a lot of changes and challenges, but still a really good tool and really interesting. Absolutely. For just curiosity's sake, what is your favorite part of your job? Well, you know, my favorite part really is thinking of myself not necessarily as a data guru or stats wizard, but rather really kind of a reporter and my feet, as it were, are are kind of, it's the public, it's voters, sometimes it's adults, but I really like being a little bit of an armchair part-time psychologist and just getting into asking interesting questions, listening to what they're saying, following up with with more interesting questions. And, And you find that people really do share their opinions, but sometimes you have to tease it out of them. You know, they're not necessarily anxious to tell you everything. So you have to be patient and you have to sometimes tease it out of people. But I really do enjoy that at the end of the day more than anything else. And that kind of flows into my next question. You saying you need to tease it out of people. Can polls be trusted these days? And and I say that in large part, just hearkening back to the 2016 elections when the exit polls were so off. So, I mean, can, can the general public trust polling? It's a great question, Jessica. And the answer is the general public can trust polls that are well done and polls that are methodologically accurate. What we can trust are the cheap polls that are done without real regard to methodology or having a balanced sample, having the right kind of mix um, in your universe rather you know, it's getting the first 300, 400, 500 people that you talk to and calling it a day. So some of the polls are really not trustworthy because they're done poorly. They're done on the cheap. They're done to go on a website or sell news or something like that. But the stuff that I do and other campaign pollsters do, uh, there's a method to it. It takes a long time to do. It's certainly um, not cheap because you have to dig and dig and dig to get the right sample mixes. But as long as you're doing all of those things, polling can absolutely be uh, trusted and accurate and a really, really useful tools for analysis. Absolutely. What are some challenges that the polling industry faces these days? And in particular, I mean, you think of how rapidly technology develops and, and I mean, you blink your eye and, and there's a new iPhone and a new way to gather. So what are some of the challenges <laughs> that you see that, that face your industry? Well, I mean, the biggest challenge is, uh, as, as we alluded to before, I mean, just getting the right sample mix, you know, in, in your survey. Obviously, response rates 
are way down. And so many people that I speak to says, well, if I ever got called, I wouldn't take a poll. Who has that time? And, you know, wants to talk to a stranger. And I get all that. That's kind of what's happening. So the response rates are low. And so as a result, what did we do? More and more pollsters are using online methodology, SMS text to to web-based surveys and all that to sort of mix it up a little bit. Really, up until a few years ago, that wasn't a great option for a balanced sample because not everybody had the same kind of access. We still find that, but the best way to incorporate that is to keep it mixed in with traditional telephone surveys. And yes, that includes some landlines, not a lot, uh, a lot more cell phones these days. And like I said, a lot more online. But, you know, the challenge of getting the right sample mix um, has always been the prime challenge for polling and will likely continue to be. And then, you know, like you said, as far as um, why some of the polls were wrong, well, that's exactly the reason is that some of the polls weren't done well, weren't analyzed well, were lazy, they were fast, they were trying to sell news, and, you know, they weren't really, uh, they, they really couldn't stand up to scrutiny. Right. Well, why don't we go ahead and have you give us a bit of a 30,000 foot view of this poll overarching, and then we can get a little bit into the weeds on specific issues. Well, it was such a fun opportunity to conduct this survey. I mean, it's rare that that we have the ability to just talk to a thousand voters, a thousand Republican voters nationally. And, And the challenge really wasn't, you know, how much do you, you know, whatever, oppose democratic policies or this or that? You can get into some of that. But really, a lot of it was, who are we? Who are we as a party? What do we believe in? What do we want? What do we desire? What makes us angry? What solves our problem? You know, like, who are we as a Republican Party going into the 2024 election? Who are we as a party? Who are we as voters and, and what is it that we want? What is it that we like? What is it that we stand for? And I thought it was such a cool and interesting idea to just kind of look in the mirror and say, who are we? Absolutely. Well, with that said, we'll dive right in. It's always important to have a good sense of how voters receive their news and information about politics. The landscape, as we mentioned, is rapidly changing. Interactive and online news sources are quickly catching up to the traditional news delivery system, especially when it comes to young voters. Tell us about the media source question we asked and and give us some of your, your biggest takeaways from it. Well, so... This was something that I was really, really excited that we were going to ask because obviously the challenge is always in any big election year, you know, how do we communicate most efficiently with our voters? And obviously, you know, communicating with Republican voters is a an incredibly important part of campaigning because we have to consolidate our base. We want to win as many Republicans as possible before we can figure out how many independents or Democrats we want to target. But so then the question is, well, where do Republicans get their news and information? What is it that they're watching or, or paying attention to? And so I did a focus group in, in New Jersey for a different client. I, I found something out in the focus group and I, I presented it to GOPAC and I said, can we test this nationally? Well, we did. And what we found was that, you know, to me, broadcast television and, you know, growing up in this industry, broadcast television has always been the king medium. And in some ways it is among voters who skew a little bit 
older. Same thing with cable television, skew a little bit older. And that leads me to the biggest surprise that I found in the poll. Biggest surprise I found in the poll were Gen Z Republicans, and we'll identify them as Republicans between the ages of 18 to 34. Their primary news source is social media like TikTok. And to me, this is something that actually correlates with what I learned in that focus group that I mentioned. And it was really shocking to me because I have to say, this is a rapidly changing world, but we have to, if we're going to talk to young voters and if we're going to build our party for the future, it's going to be done on things like TikTok. Look, I don't like TikTok. I know a lot of Republicans don't necessarily. And that's a whole challenge that we should think about and face. But the reality is right now, that's where they're getting their news, not their entertainment, not their sports. That's where they're getting their news and information. That is crazy. That is crazy. So so how, how do you think that speaks to the future of campaigns and, and even news and information consumption overall? It's a changing world in, in terms of When you work on political campaigns, everything is going to be about how do we advertise? How do we how do we get our messages out? And so when you're a a voter, a consumer, normally what happens is you're watching TV and here comes a political commercial. You're driving in your car, you're listening to the radio and you hear radio commercials and, and ads. And those things are important and they reach their audience, but they're not reaching the whole audience. And so more and more, it seems to me that if we're going to reach those younger voters, we better start getting much more visible and loud on social media and on the various small targetable apps that the younger voters are on these days. Absolutely. And I mean, what what does that mean for broadcast television as far as their involvement in being a huge component in political campaign advertising? Yeah. Well, it means the same thing as what we're seeing in consumer advertising, which is there's always going to be a place for it, but that advertising budget is going to be stretched to more different and diverse sources. And so the overall budget for a broadcast television advertising campaign is going to be less than it used to be because there's all these other sources that are out there now. So broadcast TV, once clearly the king of the hill, as it were, when it comes to campaign advertising, definitely less so now and likely continuing to decline as the primary source of news while all these other sources, you know, just kind of inch their way up. Kind of going the way of the dinosaur. This is all just (laughs) absolutely fascinating to me. Adam Geller, thank you so much for joining us to talk a little bit in the weeds about this fantastic, really exciting poll that you mentioned in the beginning. You know, we worked together on on, uh, getting this out there and and polling folks. It was a fun project for for us on the GoPack side as well. So thank you for your time and, and we'll have you back again soon to talk about the next issue we examine. (laughs) Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. To find out more about our latest poll, visit www.gopaceducate.org. That's G-O-P-A-C educate.org. This has been the GoPAC podcast. Learn how we're educating and electing a new generation of Republican leaders at gopac.org. 